Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36 of Addy Time, a Games and Graps Studio podcast. Another weird and wonderful week in the world of football has been and gone. Easter has been and gone. I hope you enjoyed your bank holidays and you didn't eat too much chocolate like me. But hey, you know what? It only happens once a year. I mean, the eating chocolate doesn't only happen once a year, but, you know, you, you've got to take advantage of these things. Uh, the weather has turned absolutely horrendous. I'm sat here recording, and it is literally howling with wind outside, and it's the 11th of April. Where is the sunshine? Where is it? Come on. We need the sunshine. It wasn't too bad, actually, on Saturday. When I was at the football, It was the sun was out, but it was still a bit chilly. It had that end-of-season feel to it because the sun was out. So, shows where we are, what we're getting to, stage of the season, and it's, oh, it's very, very nervy times for a lot of teams at both ends of the table, all throughout the table, to be honest. There's been, there's been quite a bit of change. Quite a bit of change. There's one or two things I want to discuss. I want to discuss VAR very briefly again. I also want to talk about the incident in the Liverpool-Arsenal match with the linesman and Andy Robertson. I'll have a quick look at this week's European action, Champions League over the next couple of days, and Europa League, and I guess Conference League as well, which West Ham are still involved in. Let's start, though, with the weekend's action. Man United 2, Everton 0. So Man United back on track with a win there. They also won earlier in the week as well, beating Brentford 1-0. Some worrying news in terms of like Marcus Rashford. He went off... Injured, it's unknown at the minute how long he might be out for and how how will United cope with that. I think they'll be fine without him, to be honest. Uh, I've said it all season, I keep saying it every week. For me, they will finish top four. I think they have, uh, they've earned that, I feel, this season. And obviously, still in the Europa League and still in the FA Cup. Aston Villa 2, Nottingham Forest 0. Villa are flying at the minute. Last six games, they have won five, drew one. That is the same as Man City and Arsenal. And they've flown up the table. They're now in sixth. And I said this a couple of weeks ago that I felt that Fulham might drop away just because they've got some suspensions. Obviously, Mitrovic has been banned for eight games for the push that he did in the FA Cup game against United. And I did feel at the time that, you know, Fulham might start to drop away and I feel that Villa could take advantage. And they and they have. Like I say, they are they're third in the form table on goal difference and they are sixth in the actual table. They are doing amazing. And I tell you what, if they get in the Europa League, they've got the perfect manager for them to go far in that competition. Ollie Watkins on the score sheet again at the weekend. He is flying at the moment. It's good to see. Good to see another English striker doing well. Forrest, 
They have dropped into that bottom part of the table. And they are... They're struggling. And there was talk of Steve Cooper being sacked. I can't say... They'd be daft to do that for me. I think that would be, be a very stupid thing to do. If they do go down, good manager to have... You know, just in case. <laughs> I think he would be able to get them... Uh, he'd be able to get them back in the Premier League. But again, I keep saying it, it's so tight down the bottom there. A couple of wins either way and you're well out of it. Newcastle currently sit third. It's between them and United, I feel, for, for that third spot. Beating Brentford 2-1. Ivan Tony missed his first penalty in 28 attempts. I say missed, it was saved. It was saved. But he did score a penalty in the same game after he'd had one save. So, you know, that takes a lot of a lot of courage to do that. A lot of balls, as they say. Newcastle doing really well and looking like they will they will get European football this season. I think it will be Champions League and then let the spending commence, I guess. Obviously it's all got to be within FFP, as we know. Heavily linked with one or two players. Um, also, one or two of their players linked with moves away as well. So, it'll be interesting summer for the Geordies. Fulham, as I mentioned earlier, have really, really slipped up the last few games. They, they're they really struggling. They've, they've lost four in a row now. Lost four of their last six, only winning one. Uh, and it's, yeah, they've slipped down to 10th. And they were really, really pushing for that. European football, it seemed. West Ham were the team that beat them, so a good result for them in terms of getting them away from that relegation zone. But again, only three points above it in 14th. And I did say that, actually, looking at the fixtures and if Fulham were to sort of drop away, that they would... Fulham's role in the relegation scrap is quite big because they've they've had to play Bournemouth, they've, they've played West Ham... They've got Leicester to play as well, so Fulham uh, Fulham having an influence down there at the bottom. They've they've they're not going to get. I mean, Fulham, Fulham are well out of it. They you know there's no that they could lose the next. They've got nine games left. They could lose the next nine and they'll they'll be fine. But it's worrying signs, I guess, at Fulham at the moment. And talking of worrying signs. Leicester City nil, Bournemouth one. Uh, I don't want to talk about this too much. Uh, a dreadful, dreadful performance from from Leicester, and it has forced the hand of the owners to go and desperately get a manager in for the final eight games. Now, all the talk on Saturday was that Jesse Marsh, the ex Leeds manager, had agreed to join Leicester. He was going to be the interim manager. And there was, from what I've been told, there was quite a lot of Americans at the game as well on Saturday, which is which is interesting. Uh, but also at the game was Dean Smith, the former Aston Villa and Norwich manager. Talks were held with Rafa Benitez as well, according to some very reliable sources. However, it is Dean Smith who has taken over at Leicester for the remaining eight games He's brought along Craig Shakespeare, who is an ex-Leicester manager. He was part of the coaching staff that won the Premier League, and he guided them technically to a Champions League quarter-final. 
And they are joined by John Terry as well, the ex-England and Chelsea legend. So look, I'm I'm resigned to Leicester going down. Okay, and I've said that for weeks, and I do I do feel that it's too little, too late. However, I'm ever so slightly buoyed by the fact that we've got a manager like Dean Smith, who I feel has got a very much of a Nigel Pearson aura about him. Nigel Pearson is a manager who is absolutely loved by by Leicester fans, a majority of Leicester fans. Craig Shakespeare, it's that old adage of, well, he knows the club, and he does. He does know the club very well, and I think the players will enjoy being coached by him too. And John Terry, um, one of the best defenders in the world when he was when he was in in his prime. Hopefully he can sort out this defence because, my God, it is dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. It was just a really poor performance all round. It tells you everything when the goalkeeper, Danny Leverson, gets man of the match. Had it not been for him, Leicester could have quite easily lost 4 or 5 nil. Uh, I'm not even... Not even exaggerating there. He was our man of the match and he was our bet. That's the only positive I can take is that Daniel Everson looks like a really safe pair of hands in comparison to Danny Ward. So it remains to be seen what happens now under Dean Smith. I think if Leicester do go down, that Dean Smith, Craig Shakespeare, John Terry is still a good long-term approach to try and get back out of the championship at the earliest opportunity. And if they keep us up, they are going to be heroes. And look, I'm seeing a lot of excited Leicester fans on Twitter. I, I do think it's too little, too late. That is on that is on the board. That's on the owners. You know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But for me, Rogers should have gone probably in January, February time, and we would have had a fighting chance. It's going to take a monumental effort uh, for Leicester to stay up. So anyway, that's enough about Leicester. Let's move on. Tottenham 2, Brighton 1, a controversial game. Um, Brighton had two perfectly good goals, just, just ruled out. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't... Und- yeah, and and the, the PGM-OL, yeah, that's the right, that's the right acronym, PGM-OL, yeah, um... They've come out and admitted that there was at least five mistakes. It's just not good enough. You know, I am I am fully supportive of VAR. I think, you know, I've said this in the past. Goal line technology, fantastic. We've had one, one mistake, which in hindsight could have sent Aston Villa down that season had it gone the right way. We've had one issue with goal line technology. And the thing is, with, with goal line technology, how many goals a season really need to be need technology to say whether it was in or not? It's it's a handful, isn't it? You're probably what you're looking at, probably less than ten a season. You know, over over how many games of football and how many goals that get scored. It's a minute number, but anyway, goal line technology, fine. Offside could be done better, could be done quicker. But for me, you know, I know that sometimes it's a bit frustrating when a player is, the toenail is offside. 
you're offside, you're offside, they're the rules. It's clear, you know, there's no clear and obvious error thing with offside. You're either off or you're not. But it's the other stuff as well, and it's the it's the stuff that's down to interpretation. And then for them to come out and say, Oh, we're sorry, we got that we, we got that wrong. I mean look, Spurs have come away with three points there that have kept them three points behind United and Newcastle, although those two teams have a game in hand. That could that could help Spurs get into the Champions League at the expense of a Newcastle or Man United. Brighton might miss out on a Europa League spot because of that result. It's not good enough. And, you know, I said this years ago that we need technology in football because the stakes are so high now that we the technology is there, so let's use it. Because without using it, you could cost a team hundreds of million in revenue because they've been relegated and it's wrong because that was clearly offside or that was clearly a penalty or, you know, that was clearly a handball, etc. The stakes are still as high, if not higher. We have the technology, but we've got idiots in charge of it. But that, and that's the, that's the plain and simple. That's, that's the crux of it. Stuart Atwell, I think, is an absolutely awful referee. It's got nothing to do with the fact of where he comes from. He comes from the neighbouring town that I live in. So I live in Hinckley. He is from Nuneaton. It's got nothing to do with that. I didn't even know he was from Nuneaton. The first, the first real thing I remember about Stuart Atwell is he refereed a championship game between Ipswich and Leicester at Portman Road, and it had snowed quite badly over the, over that part of the country and it was snowing all through the game you'd got it was on a friday night i believe or may have been a saturday night i'm not sure now and stuart atwell didn't call the game off because ipswich were winning and roy Keane was the manager that is as simple as that and i've never rated the guy since then i cannot believe he's in the premier league he's awful He's an awful... Do you remember the ghost goal from years ago? I think it was Reading Watford. He that he was the man in charge that day. He is an awful, awful official. And he should be nowhere near the Premier League. Anyway, that's my that's my take on that. Uh, wonderful goal by Son in that game. I think he's now the joint uh, highest scorer, scoring Asian player in Premier League history as well. Not had the best of seasons, but... Uh, great goal and uh, good result for Spurs Wolves picked up a win against Frank Lampard's Chelsea that's right you heard me right Frank Lampard is the caretaker boss at Chelsea um, but they lost uh, 1-0 uh, great goal unbelievable goal uh, to win that game uh, but some news from the Chelsea side of things Ben Chilwell has signed a new deal to 2027 uh, there was some talk about him potentially going to Man City. He, they, they were keeping tabs on him. But he signed that deal now. That's going to keep him at the club for another three or four years at least. And, you know, as much as I don't particularly like the guy from a footballing point of view, I'm sure in real life he's a sound bloke. Uh, he's he's played really well since he came back. He had a really bad injury and he has played well. And, you know, I will admit as a Leicester fan, it makes you realise how good he was once he once he'd left. Um, 
Although I, I do think in his last season at Leicester, he, he was poor because he didn't want to be there. But anyway. So yeah, Chelsea floundering in 11th. Uh, they're going to really struggle to get into Europe. Uh, but Wolves have, Wolves have uh, made themselves a, a little bit more of a gap. They're now up to 13th and on 31 points. Southampton remain rock bottom and their goal difference took an absolute hammering as they were beat for, beaten 4-1 by Man City. Erling Haaland with two goals. He is now on 30 Premier League goals for the season in 27 appearances. Unbelievable. He is... These are, I think it's 43 in all competitions. Man City play tonight against Bayern Munich. In fact, that's on right now. Um, currently 0-0. It's only been kicked off seven or eight minutes. 40-odd goals. You know, they are Messi-Ronaldo numbers. So... And he could help himself to quite a few more. Well, it's 27 appearances, one as a sub. So he could help himself to quite a few goals at the weekend when Man City face Leicester at the Etihad. Uh, Jack Grealish, I want to mention him since the World Cup. Unreal form, a golden assist at the weekend. And he looks like he's really, really enjoying his football again. Uh, There's a lot of questions as to whether he was good enough to be a Man City player. I don't pay too much attention to the price tag. The price tag was put on him by Villa because they didn't think anyone would come in and pay that. And Man City came in and said, yeah, we'll pay it. So they did. It's not his fault. He would probably be the first to tell you he is not a £100 million footballer. But he's proven some people wrong right now. Playing really well. Please don't play this uh, too well on Saturday. Thank you. Sunday, Leeds Palace. I watched this game, obviously, down at the foot of the table, a game that I was very interested in. And the ideal result, really, for me, was was uh, was, was either a, a Palace win, because they've, they've managed to pull away a little bit, or a draw. Uh, Leeds went 1-0 up. And then I believe, yes, uh, Palace scored on the stroke of half-time, made it 1-1. And then second half, wow, just Palace were Palace were unplayable. Leeds defensively were all over the place. It was, it was a shocking defensive display from Leeds. And Palace run out 5-1 winners. 5-1, yeah. Michael Elise with three assists. Uh, Jordan Ayew helping himself to a couple of goals as well and yeah not uh, not a great not a great result for Leeds and it's it's not one I saw coming at half time and as well you know Roy, Hodge, Roy Hodgson has come in at Palace and a lot of people saw it as a well it's a safe bet it'll make them really strong defensively they'll try and grind out draws they'll try try and grind out wins his first game in charge against Leicester Palace have 31 shots you know in this game against Leeds they have 16 shots, 8 on target, 5 at the back of the net. I mean, it's it's not what we expected from a Roy Hodgson side. Um, you know, I think 6 more points and Palace will be, will be safe. And I do expect them to get that. They look like a team. They look like a new team. And I think the important thing to remember as well 
is that they managed to pull off this result at the weekend without Zaha, who is pivotal to a lot of Palace's success. There's there's always a stat flying around that Zaha, with Zaha in the team, they win more games. That stat is always flying around. So that will give them a lot of confidence that they can they can do this. They can win games and stay up without Zaha, who is going to be out for another two to three weeks at least. So great result for Palace and fair play to them as they, like I say, as they, as they climb their way out of uh, relegation trouble. 33 points. So they're still in the mix. They're still very much in the mix. We've got, most teams have got eight games to play. Some have got nine. Uh, but I think Palace fans will take 12th right now. And then the final game on Sunday was Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see this, but I hear it was an an unbelievable game. Uh, Arsenal raced into a 2-0 lead. Martinelli and Jesus getting the goals. So after 28 minutes, they're 2-0 up. Martinelli with with, uh, an assist as well. Um, Salah missed a penalty another one and he did miss it he put it wide that's twice now this season that Salah has put a penalty wide uh, but he did get a goal uh, a few minutes before half time and then Firmino with a goal at the end in the 87th minute so you know Arsenal dropping points for the first time in in a while and uh, yeah, the first first time they've they've uh, dropped points since they uh, since they lost to Man City. So yeah, it's uh, look. I mean, Arsenal are still having a brilliant, brilliant season, uh, and it is gonna it is gonna. I feel like it is gonna come down to that game between the two sides, between Man City and Arsenal. So the gap is six points. Uh, Man City do have a game in hand, which you've got to fancy they would win. That reduces it down to three. You know, provided that Arsenal do then continue to, to win their games as well. It comes to, it pretty much comes down to that team, to, to, that, to that fixture. Uh, the goal difference, not huge amounts in it, but we know that, you know, if you were to ask me, is if one team was to really, 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 really add to their goal difference, it would be Man City, obviously. So look, I mean, I don't want to necessarily get into a debate around if Arsenal finish second and don't win any silverware. Is that a still a successful season or not? It's. I would rather get an Arsenal fan's opinion on that, and I might do that in in the coming weeks as we get to the end of the season. So it's still very much in Arsenal. It feels like it. It feels to me like it's in Arsenal's hands. But everyone, everyone seems to think that it's 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 now Man City's to lose. Look, I remember this from the fifteen sixteen season. You know, Leicester dropped a couple of points, lost to Arsenal. Tottenham won a few games, and they were like, oh, you know, Tottenham's title, Tottenham's title didn't happen. Didn't happen. So there we go. That's your roundup 
over the weekend. Right, from that game, from that Liverpool-Arsenal game, there was an incident at half-time involving the linesman and Andy Robertson. So the, far, the half-time whistle goes, and what it looks like on the video, to me, is that Robertson puts his hand on the linesman's arm. I'm not going to try and even attempt to pronounce the linesman's name. Oh, sorry, the assistant referee. I mean, everyone's... Uh, in fact, these, these reports here all refer to them as linesmen. So is that is that something that's changed? Are, they, are we just now calling them linesmen again? I don't know. Linesmen. They'll always be linesmen to me anyway. And then... So Robertson puts his hand on the ref's arm, uh, the linesman's arm, and the linesman moves his elbow in an upward direction, almost as if to say, get off me. Now this linesman, he looks pretty hench, to be fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck about with him. He, he does look pretty hench. Andy Robertson, you know, he, he thinks he's hard as fuck. You know, he, he's... He thinks he's hard because he pushed Messi in the head once. Yeah. Dickhead. Like, anyway, the linesman lifts his elbow up and he does catch Robertson on the jaw. Now, fair play to Robertson. He didn't go down like he'd been shot. He probably shocked more than anything. Now, in my opinion, complete accident. It's not like he's looked at him and whacked him or anything like that. He's just kind of going like, get off me. Now, with everything that's gone on recently with players touching officials, you know, we I, I briefly touched on, well, I've said briefly, I talked about it in previous podcasts with Bruno Fernandes where he put his hands on the linesman. Uh, obviously, Mitrovic pushing the referee, eight-game ban. So this linesman was probably thinking, do you know what, I'm, I'm sick of these players thinking that they can just manhandle officials, get off me. And he manages to catch him on the jaw. I think it's completely accidental. However, this guy isn't going to—he he isn't going to get away with this. Um, I believe the latest is that he's um, that he is—he—he he, he is going to step down for a couple of games. Um, some people are calling for him to be sacked. Some people are saying that there definitely should be some sort of punishment. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I think... Almost like to be seen to be doing the right thing, he needs to face some sort of punishment. Look, I mean, the still photos make it look far worse than I think it actually was. I think if... The linesman, though, had have turned around and gone, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that. I was just trying to... Shook. But it's almost like he elbows him and then thinks, yeah, then he just carries on walking. So, interesting one. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so, it says here that uh, the PGMOL have I in indefinitely suspended linesman him... After he was caught on camera seeming to elbow Andy Robertson. Uh, obviously the players were left apoplectic at what had happened. 
another referee has also he's been stood down for the weekend. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, I'm not not sure why either. So, right, okay, it was. Uh, so Michael Salisbury, who was the VAR referee for the Tottenham Brighton game, has been dropped, but Stuart Atwell hasn't. Stuart Atwell should be dropped on his head. Am I allowed to say that on podcasts? Is that does that come across as threatening behaviour? Oh, I'm fucking. I mean, hardly anyone listens to this anyway. Don't matter. Don't matter. Send it, Stuart Atwell. I don't care. You can come round. You know, I don't know whether he still lives in Neaton, but it's only fifteen minutes away. You can you can come round. We'll we'll have a chat. I'm not, I'm not threatening him. I'm saying you can come round. You can come onto the podcast, and I can ask him. You know, how did you manage to get this far? Look, referees have a difficult job. <laughs> There's no doubt about. It. I couldn't be a referee. I can't. I can't even run down the bottom of the garden without being knackered. And these guys who aren't athletes are expected to keep up with professional footballers who are just getting faster and faster and quicker. So, you know, fair play, whatever, they 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 do have a difficult job, but they are paid handsomely and they are paid to make the right decision and they don't. Everyone makes mistakes in their jobs. I do. Everyone does. But these guys get it wrong far too often. Far too often. So yeah, going back to the Andy Robertson incident, I think there will be some sort of suspension, some fine. Uh, I, I, I hope the guy doesn't get sacked. I don't think he meant it. Um, but yeah, if not, if not, just, just be a bodybuilder, mate. You're absolutely ripped. You hench. What am I going on about? Right, let's... Come on, I'm losing the plot. Let's have a quick gander at the European football for this week. So, playing right now, Man City against Bayern Munich. Obviously, Bayern Munich now managed by Thomas Tuchel, who has a very good record against Pep. And uh, they play again next week uh, as well. And that is uh, away in Munich. But I don't believe there's away goals anymore so that kind of thing uh, I guess it doesn't really matter anymore uh, and then the other quarter final being played tonight is Benfica against Inter and then tomorrow we have Milan versus Napoli and Real Madrid against Chelsea and then those fixtures are reversed next week uh, I'd, you know I'd, I'd Man City I, I, I do fancy Man City to get through. Uh, I know that uh, Bayern are obviously a very, very good side. Uh, but I fancy Man City to get through that one. Yeah. Um, and then in the Europa League, uh, where English teams are concerned, we have Man United against Sevilla. Which I don't think will be an easy tie. Sevilla have got uh, great pedigree in this competition they're, they're kind of like the Europa League's equivalent to, to Real Madrid if that makes sense first leg at Old Trafford uh, I would expect United to win that uh, you've got Juventus against Sporting Lisbon Leverkusen against 
Union Gilois, Gil, Gil, yeah, them, and then Feyenoord against Roma. Uh, I still think United, this this is, I feel like this is United's trophy to lose. I know Juventus, if they were to meet them, you know, that would be tough fixture, but I do feel like it's United's to lose. Uh, let me have a quick look, just see if West Ham are playing in the Conference League. Bum, bum, bum. Conference League. Hmm. Don't know. Do we have any Conference League fixtures? I'm only looking because uh, West Ham. Yeah, West Ham have got... Who the hell is that? <laughs> uh, oh, Ghent. Yeah. Still some good teams in that left. You know, well, I say good teams, you know, teams that you know. You know, Fiorentina, Basel, Nice, Anderlecht, Alkmaar. You know, it's not, it's, this isn't going to be straight. And, you know, you never know with West Ham. I know they've picked up a couple of results. What's the biggest, fa- you know, it's all well and good winning a European trophy. But what good is that if you end up in the championship? Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? So... That's where we are with uh, with the European football. It's, uh, it's all these games. It's mental, um, and there's more to come. A lot more to come. Like I said, Premier League wise, we've got eight uh, eight or nine games left for some teams. Squeaky bum time, I think, is what they call it. So let's have then a quick look at the fixed Premier League fixtures for this weekend and then we'll wrap the podcast up. Nice short easy one this week. So we have Villa versus Newcastle. That will be a really good game. Two teams very much in form as I mentioned earlier, you know the top the top 2 3 teams in terms of like your form guide. You know, Villa are third, Newcastle are fourth. So it's that is going to be a good game. Uh, I I'm going to go for a draw on that one. Uh, Chelsea Brighton, interesting. Um, Chelsea just Everton Fulham now. Obviously, with the team that I support, I need Fulham to win this. But I think Fulham are, uh, are dropping like a like a stone. And I think Everton will get a win, unfortunately. So I'm going to go for Everton on that one. Southampton Palace. I mean, can Palace make it three wins on the bounce? Southampton, if you were to say that there is one team that is definitely down, a lot of people are saying it is Southampton. They're on 23 points and their goal difference is honking so I'm going to go with a Palace win uh, Spurs Bournemouth I mean Bournemouth Bournemouth are just alright they've had they've had a they, they they win a game lose a game win a game lose a game so by, by that I'm going to go that I'm going to say that they're going to lose this one they're going to lose to Spurs Wolves Brentford um Again, Brentford are still sort of pushing, but they've dropped a couple of uh, 
They've dropped some points in the last few games. I'm going to go for a Wolves win. And then the 5.30 is Man City against Leicester. I will be at the Etihad this Saturday. Why do I do it to myself? I know why I do it. I know why I do it. But, you know, I'm being kind of like a bit hypothetical there. Um, or rhetorical. That's the right word. Uh, look, it's going to Man City, Man City win. And look, I, I, no judgment on the new manager and his coaching staff. All the players, really, in this game, unless we get sort of pumped 8-0 eight, eight or something. But, uh, yeah, look, you never know, but I, you know, you've got to think it's going to be a Man City win. Uh, West Ham against Arsenal. This is where we see what Arsenal's nerve is is like. You know, they've got to go away to, to a team that are down at the bottom scrapping, um. Yeah, interesting one. With Man City playing the day before, and you thinking they're going to get a comfortable win. Uh, I I I think Arsenal will scrape this. I'd say scrape it. I think Arsenal will win. I think it'll be, you know, there'll be a goal in it, but I think Arsenal will win. And then Nottingham Forest against Man United. Now I I've said this all season that if Forest were going to stay up, it's their home form that's going to do it because the City ground can be. You know, great atmosphere. The fans there can can create a great atmosphere. Uh, they've been starved of Premier League football for twenty odd years, so they they really embrace every home game. Um, it seems. And these are just the one of these funny games at this this sort of stage of the season where you think, you know, maybe it's the Leicester fan in me, obviously wanting United to win. So I'm going to go for a United win. But I don't think I'd be shocked if Forrest won. That makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go for a United win though. More in hope than anything. And then on the Monday, Leeds against Liverpool. Now Liverpool's away form this season is shocking. Very, very poor. And, you know, Leeds have just come off the back of an absolute battering by Crystal Palace. And they're obviously fighting down at the bottom of the table. So it would just be very, very typical of Leeds to beat Liverpool. And I'm going to stick my neck on the line and hope for a little bit of reverse psychology here. And I'm going to go for a Leeds win. There you go. I've said it. Leeds to win. And that's it for this week. Um... It was more me just talking at you, more than sort of opinions and debate or anything like that. Uh, I think it's high time that I get a guest on of some description, maybe someone new, or maybe a returning guest, we'll see. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on in the league, all through the league, top, middle, bottom, everywhere. There's a lot to play for still, even at this stage of the season. You look at the championship and you've got Burnley uh, are promoted, so they're back at the first time of asking. It's looking like they'll be joined automatically through the automatic promotion route by Sheffield United. So Burnley back with Vincent Company in charge. Sheffield United back, potentially back as well. 
and then the playoffs. Playoffs are interesting this year. I mean, it's not over. You know, with the championship, you know, there's always there always seems to be a team that is kind of lingering around eighth or ninth with about eight games to go, and then they go and win seven of the eight, finish sixth, and then win the playoffs. It does seem to happen quite a bit, but there's some interesting teams in that uh, in in that uh, playoff mix at the moment. Millwall, Luton being being two of those. So that'd be interesting if one of those teams was to go up into the Premier League. But there we go. We shall wait and see. So, like I say, that is the end of episode 36. Thank you very much for listening. It is very much appreciated, and thank you for your continued support throughout this terrible season (laughs) Uh, yeah but no thank you very much uh, for listening it's greatly appreciated don't forget to check out everything else that Games and Graps has to offer that's the Games and Graps podcast the Clubhouse podcast and Finsteel on YouTube and Twitch and that is twitch.tv forward slash the Finsteel and the same on YouTube youtube.com forward slash the Finsteel my name's Steve. This has been episode 36 of Added Time. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Stay safe, stay well, and I will speak to you next time. Goodbye.